0: You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans podcast with Sean Russell. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. You're going to be notice a bit of a difference in this episode. In addition to having a featured guest at the end of the podcast, expect to hear news segments covering topics important to the vegan community at large. You don't need to live in South Florida to get value from our podcast. It's designed for anyone living a vegan lifestyle. What makes it cool is that we put it all in the backdrop of beautiful South Florida. On today's episode, we're joined by Eric Vincent from the Thirst Group to talk about a $120 billion stimulus to save the restaurant and food industry, and we have Hodo Food CEO Mintai talking about how he founded his organization and what they're doing to reach out to the South Florida community. So tune into all this and more on the SoFlo Vegans podcast. You are listening to the SoFlo Vegans podcast. We're excited to announce Hungry Harvest as one of our podcast partners. As seen on Shark Tank, Hungry Harvest recovers and delivers delicious, customizable boxes and produce starting at $15 a week. This produce includes fruits and vegetables that are perfectly good to eat, but would normally get thrown away because of aesthetic imperfections or logistical problems. To date, they have recovered over 2 million pounds of food while donating 400,000 pounds more to local hunger relief programs as part of their mission to end food waste and eradicate hunger. We wanna thank Hungry Harvest for supporting us as sponsors. We also want to thank them for providing an amazing online promotion for our community. So go to hungryharvest.net today and save 50% by using code SOFLOW at checkout
1: my name is eric vincent i'm with thirst group and
0: i am with soflow
1: vegans thirst stands for the hospitality industry reimagined security trust
0: thirst is a 501c6 nonprofit organization that has partnered with the business interruption group and independent restaurant coalition Currently, the Independent Restaurant Coalition is putting a bill before Congress for a $120 billion stimulus to save the restaurant and food industry at the federal level.
1: So what we're doing with Thirst, we're working on the state level. So in each state, insurance will will differ. So we're going state by state and then district by district. So my role as the Florida state organizer is I need to focus on key districts where the um, House and Senate committee members sit on what is the Banking and Insurance
0: Committee. Thirst Group came into existence when former practicing attorney and Thirst co-founder Nate Whitehouse noticed that all of his business owner friends and neighbors were coming to him for legal advice during the pandemic. They found that everyone across the board is being denied their insurance claims.
1: And that's that's like a big deal, man. These. These companies, these insurance companies are sitting on about $860 billion. It's a trillion dollar revenue, uh, yearly revenue. And as of right now to pay all claims would be about 360 billion. So they have enough money to withstand paying everyone and they can potentially save our entire industry. And so being so flow Vegans, I figured you had a far reach in South Florida I'm trying to get a hold of to breweries, distilleries, coffee vendors, if, if anyone knows of any like musician groups, people that do linen. If you're a local farmer, I know Mirando Farms in Fort Lauderdale, there's a farm up by me in Pompano called uh, The Fruitful Field. It's like everyone that's part of the supply chain that's impacted, we're trying to um, make sure that they're aware of this situation and that they should be
0: filing their insurance claims. Thirst Group is not legal representation, but they are teamed with policy readers and legal professionals to help guide you through the policy. They are partnered with the Pittsburgh Law Group that is currently working pro bono, and a lot of the lawyers with the organization are providing their services at a moderate cost.
1: So if you had to close temporarily, if your hours were diminished, you know this comes down to civil authority and civil action from our Governor DeSantis mandating the amount of hours we can be open, our capacity limits, uh, the fact that bars can't open at all and places are trying to do makeshift you know, kitchens right now just to offer sandwiches so they can be open. So I would say get in touch with Thirst uh, directly and then we can kind of get you in touch with uh, someone to go over your policy with you and make sure of what the next step is to do. Anyone with a small business that's been impacted by this, they need to get in contact with me as well as go to www.thirstgroup.org. And if anyone wants to get involved, just at the end of the org, do slash and get involved. And then you can reach me on Instagram. My My handle is ask underscore me underscore Amaro, A-M-A-R-O, or phone call 954-682-8017. I'm available almost all day, early morning, afternoon. So if anyone
0: needs to get in touch with me, like I'm, I'm here. In case you missed it, SoFlow Vegans produces several series of videos and audio programming each week. This includes the SoFlow Vegans Podcast, Spotlight, Live, Vegan Time Machine, and Vegan Clips. Here's the schedule for this week. Monday, we release a brand new episode of the Spotlight featuring Anika Foods. Tuesday, the SoFlow Vegans Podcast returns with a major facelift. We're focusing on shorter features and adopting more of a new style. Expect to hear segments featuring experts, founders, athletes, and tastemakers from the local and global vegan community. You can also ask questions for a chance to be featured on the episode. If your question is used, we'll be sure to give you a big shout out. On Wednesday, we release Vegan Clips. This is a three to five minute video program that addresses specific topics impacting our community. Episodes focus on health, environment, animals, and compassion. Thursday, we release episodes of Vegan Time Machine where you can go back and relive past events that happened in the SoFlo Vegans community. Friday, check out Second Spotlight for the week featuring Bison Movement. We're excited to share this incredibly talented family that consists of Sky, Free, and Choice Bison. Saturday, watch the debut of a brand new show called Vegan Hacks. This is where we share tips specifically designed to support new vegans. Sunday, members get access to our community bulletin videos. This is exactly what you're watching at this moment. The lineup is subject to change. So check out this bulletin each week to confirm what to expect. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. We are big fan of his company. We've had multiple opportunities to try it. We've been buying it and now you guys get to learn about it from the man who created it. And Alba, in tradition of our podcast, if you listen to our podcast, I always throw to Alba to introduce our guests properly. So Alba, tell us, tell the people who are watching right now who we have.
2: Well, I'm very excited to meet because we already met some members of his company, but this is the owner and founder of HodaFoos. Welcome, Mr. Tai. How are you?
3: Thanks, Alba. I'm excited to be talking with the folks in South Florida and uh, Publix uh, consumers.
2: Well, first of all, I, I have to thank you for having such an amazing product. As a fellow Asian, um, I don't know if Henry told you, but I am of Chinese descent, and I'm so picky about my tofu so when your company was first introduced to us i have to thank you the flavors are amazing the textures are amazing and the mere fact that it's organic tofu is a plus on top of everything else that's and, right and i'm almost out of the coupons that henry gave me so please i'm gonna need to for you to send me some more because i buy a lot of your stuff
3: you got it you know <laughs> you should tell your consumer to to email us we'll send out coupons
0: amazing i love it and and i want to start with how you decided to go ahead and open this company? What led you to say, okay, I want to open up Hodo Food?
3: You know, I'm one of those uh, silly dudes that love to eat. And uh, like 90 plus percentage of my credit card bill, it's, it's all on food. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, food is really important, you know, and, um, it's, it's, the, it's the one thing I want to spend money on. And when I spend money on, I want it to be high quality. Um, I want to be nutritious. Um, and I started tofu simply because I couldn't find good tofu. I mean, just like Alba said, it starts with like a desire to make something better than what you can find. It's also a silly way to start a business, right? <laughs> but we've been at it for 15 years. We've been spending a lot of time educating people on what it is, um, how it's made, and that transparency of it really has taken us to the national brand that we are today. And uh, we're very fortunate because I think here in the US, people are much more aware of health now than ever before, of vegan and plant-based foods, um, so we're just catching that wave, right? Mm-hmm. We're basically, I tell people that we're the original plant-based food coming from Asia. Yeah. And it's been consumed for thousands of years.
2: Thousands of years.
3: Exactly. And and what we've done
2: mm-hmm. is sort of
3: taken that tradition and turned it into something that's convenient. Mm-hmm. That has all the Western flavoring
2: and mm-hmm.
3: flavoring and to make it easily accessible for pretty much any of your meals. And so, yeah, go ahead, Alba.
2: Sorry, I really enjoyed something that you, I kind of want to piggyback off what you said in regards to easily accessible, number one, and number two, very convenient. As a nurse, sometimes I don't have time to cook, so pretty much I just grab one of your packets and put it in my little lunchbox, and for lunchtime, because as a vegan, and this is so sad to say, but hospitals do not provide the best quality, nutritious food, so I don't eat tend to eat in the cafeteria or whatever else is out there. So I just grab one of your packets and, you know, put it in the microwave, which the microwave's not that good, but guys, I don't like cold, too much cold food. At least I can have lunch for the day.
3: We can change that. Out here in the hospital, they use a hodo foods.
2: No way. Yeah.
3: So you gotta move out here, Alba. <laughs> or we going to get it to the hospitals over there.
0: I know, right? <laughs> I, like this, I like the second option more. We, we're gonna we're gonna get it into the hospitals down That's here. Right. He won't let
2: me go. He won't let me go. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll do that. But yeah, so so for me,
3: we started out, out to your point earlier. Um, first of all, I started because I was like, wow, there's no organic tofu, which is no. surprising, right? It,
2: and Asia is totally different.
3: It's totally different. So that was an easy starting point because so much of the soybeans that we grow in the US are non-organic. So for me, I started out, I'm like, I'm sourcing US grown soybeans 100%. And so we've been doing that for 15 years. All of our soybeans are grown in the US and we work with growers directly. So that's a huge benefit to the growers and to us. So we got organic soybeans. And then um, we basically want to make something that you want, yeah, I mean, pe- no matter how healthy it is, no matter um, how accessible it is, people eat it because it's tasty, mm. right? So, I wanted to make something tasty so that if you've never had tofu, or in fact, if you've never had any so called plant based foods that you don't think are delicious, we want you to try it for the first time and be like, wait, damn, this is good. How'd you make it so good? Because that's the win right there. We got to make it tasty. And then once you taste it and you're like, this is either not tofu or how can you get tofu to taste like this, you know, with this texture, with this flavor, then we already won that customer Mm. because that customer wanted to be educated. And so the rest is easy. We can tell them about the ingredients, very few ingredients. We can teach them about the versatility of what to do with that whether it's the nuggets or the cubes or the firm tofu. I mean, it's straight out of the box or just quick heat and serve salad, you know, burgers. It's so easy. And so for us, you know, with, with sort of this massive desire for people to eat plant-based food, we're riding that trend. Um, you know, all the impossible, the beyond. They, they make foods that everyone is noticing, but we've been there. Way before them. And now people are like, wait, I want more plant based food. Hodo's got the cleanest. Hodo's got the most tasty, you know, most nutritious. So people are beginning to decipher and understand plant based, and they see us as a really good, delicious option.
0: Now, I know you have a lot of different types of. Uh, varieties that you have. but within the tofu itself, I remember when we were um, looking at the demonstration, there are different types, you know, um, <laughs> the way that it's cut, the you know the right, texture right. like can you go over some of those <clears throat> different types that are out sure. there?
3: Sure. so so I think in what we've learned over the years is there are people who will get hooked by flavors, right whether they spicy or Mediterranean flavors or something smoky. But then we also recognize that certain people don't like sort of the texture of tofu, right? Mm -hmm. So, So they're like, wait, you know, I'm not used to this texture. So what we've done is show people that the original tofu can easily come into so many different textures. So for example, when you look at our burgers, You know, our Cajun burgers. I
2: love your burgers.
3: Thank you. It's really tofu that we ground with vegetable and and form. And you can eat it as a burger or you can crumble it up and eat it in a sloppy joe. You can slice it and put it in a sandwich. It's so versatile, right?
2: We make tacos Uh, with it.
3: Exactly, tacos. Um, Our nuggets, we basically take the tofu and we fry it lightly. To make it spongy and then we infuse it with this curry flavor. And mm-hmm. a lot of young kids today, the teenagers, you can see it online. They'll eat it and they're like, this nugget is like chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. right? It's them who's discovering that because we never intended to make it like a chicken nugget. We just want to make something that's chewy, that's flavorful, and and you know, the nugget just happens to be in a in a texture that can absorb flavors really well so we ended up just being really creative and innovative with textures and with flavors and then the consumers like you guys i mean you take it to the next level you try it and you're like oh i can do it with this way i can eat it in this way and then you send us email to tell us hey this is how i ate it and we love it you know we're, we're learning together on the texture and the flavors
0: Mm -hmm. And before I forget to ask you, like if someone goes out and they buy, um, one of your products, if they wanted to share some creation that they made is, do you guys have a process for that, for them to be able to share that with you?
3: Yeah, you totally should Instagram us. You know, I know you guys met Leah and Henry, Henry Mm -hmm. oversees Instagram. He oversees our social media. He's got amazing skills in building relationships with chefs, with recipe developers, with bloggers, we encourage everybody to share recipes, and we do the same because I think, especially in this day, you know, we don't know when we're gonna be able to go out and share things at a one-on-one level. So it's all online; it's all through social media, and and we're seeing like online purchases like grow by six hundred percent. Oh wow! I know because because people don't go out, but they still want our products. But you guys are lucky in Florida; you can get it in Publix.
0: And that, that's a huge, that's a big deal, um, and especially I know Publix has starting to grow outside of Florida as well. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how that how that happens? And you know, let's take a step back. When you first started, like how what did you do to start getting into these big chains? I know Publix wasn't the first one, so like, right. take me take me to that process because I'm sure that was an exciting thing to happen.
3: Yeah, you know, I think I think we we always see ourselves as a sustainable business, meaning that we're not chasing after some big numbers. We just want to build slowly. And, you know, we started the farmers markets. Mm. We still support the farmers markets. You know, today it's like the greatest source of of buying. Like you're supporting the farmers, the operator. It, it's really a communal thing. So we started there and the chefs, the consumers, they were so excited to have us that very quickly we grew from the farmer's market to becoming sort of like the go-to tofu uh, plant-based ingredients for restaurants, you know? Like we were the first to be on the menus of Michelin star restaurants, Mm. you know, just like, you know how people put down Naiman meat, Naiman ranch meat, like it's like hodo tofu hodo yuba so hodo became a brand the first plant-based brand to be on menus and you know that's how we ended up working with chipotle right like mm, that's huge the CEO, all their chefs they're like dude we want a plant-based option and looking around looking at food with integrity they looked at hodo and they're like you guys fit right in so we worked with them to develop the Sofritas, which is you know, nationally sold. And it's the only plant-based ingredient product at Chipotle. Um, We've worked with them for almost a decade for that. So these are just examples of how the farmer's market launched us. And then from there, you know, Whole Foods came after us and said, hey, you know, can you package this for our grocery stores? So we grew very organically, you know, from our region, in the Bay Area, to California, to the West Coast, to the East Coast, to the Midwest, and um, Publix remains one of our biggest customers, and we're very new to Publix. So we're excited to grow with Publix. We're excited to really get your region to start, to to get to know us, and and to start tasting and buying, and and, letting us know how we do over there. because you're, you're the newest region that we added on, and Publix is really the best customer we can have in that region, because everybody loves Publix. And, um, and we're the new kid in the block, but we're pretty excited about it.
2: Well, I have to say that within the, let me see, we met Henry about a month ago, and I started going to Publix to find your stuff. The shelves were always empty, and then this the pandemic started, and now I start seeing some, but it, they go very quickly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's good for me to hear. Uh I think, I think we're just still adjusting with the logistics of getting products on the shelves. I know that demand for our products has gone up simply because, um, I mean, we're still producing not as much, but the problem is how do we get it from point A to point B? Right. Uh So for us, like, Safety has always been number one for us, even before any of this. Like if you stop any of our employees and you ask them, like, what's the most important thing? That would be like my safety. Uh So, When COVID hit, it was pretty much um, natural for us to put in place a bunch of safety guidelines. And our employees just roll with that really well. And knock on woods, you know, we've, we've produced very safely over this past month. We have all kinds of social distancing, masks, you know, screen separations. Um, We make sure people are texting in if if they have any symptoms. So, you know, we're very lucky to be able to still operate as an essential business and making really nutritious, healthy foods um, for our consumers. But, uh, you know, not everyone's getting optics simply because of The logistics of getting from point A to point B. But I know that in Publix, they're a high priority um, retailer for us. So you should see our products on the shelves. If you don't, let us know and we'll try to get it there.
0: Yeah. So you started to touch on it a little bit and you you start answering it organically. Uh, But what are some of the shifts that you've made as an organization um, with everything that's going on. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, orders online are up six hundred percent. You know, right. how, like what paint the picture. What does it look like for a company right now such as yourself?
3: Wow. I mean that that's a that's a tough question because I can give you an answer today, but tomorrow would be different. Wow. You know what I mean? But but basically I try to look at the future to look at the longer term the pivot we had to make was a to operate safer safer than normal right mm-hmm. meaning like we sanitize every hour sanitizers everywhere masks separation and it's all addition in addition to what we normally do and so to do that and to do it safe we have to slow down mm-hmm. so there there's an impact on slowing meaning that we're not necessarily operating highly efficiently. So we're making less product with the same number of people. Mm. Simply because we are just running slower so that in every way. So that's the first challenge of a a change and we foresee this to be the new normal, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to try to be efficient, but we got to keep our people safe. And to be safe, you know, before you can have two people working next to each other. Now you got to be six feet apart. That means you just have to basically take longer to do something. And so we have to live with that new normal for the foreseeable future. That's inside the plant, right? Just for everyone to be safe externally you know making products truckers grocers everybody has to be safe and so that process itself also takes longer right just because when the shelf is empty it's not as easy as before to get it filled again because if that retailer's warehouse is full we can't put any more products in there until that warehouse the product in that warehouse gets on the shelf and the warehouse has room for new products to come in so these are logistical supply chain challenges that we're seeing that we suspect everyone is seeing so we we see it as a new normal for the time being
2: and who else are you supplying i mean you mentioned chipotle that you've been supplying them for a while now public's now here in south florida but where else is hodo found
3: so hodo is nationally found we're in all the natural grocers we're in all of the whole foods we're in all of the targets so we're in a lot of chains um that you pretty much you know go on our website put in your zip code and you should find us in your neighborhood um that's where we are. So we're we're in more than we're close to seven thousand right. retailers,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and so you should be able to find us. Um, and in in Florida and you know the southeast specifically, Publix is everywhere. So you actually you know if you live in that region, you have a lot of options. You know, outside of California and New York, Florida is our third biggest region right now. Mm. And it's growing you know you got the snowbirds coming down you got people who care about flavors you got people from all over the world you know who actually know a lot about food and so we just need to show up we just need to make sure people know we exist because when they try it just like you guys you don't even have to be a vegan or a plant-based eater you eat our stuff and you're like this is just delicious and and that's what it's about for us is you know, I never started this company to be a vegetarian or a vegan or plant-based company. I wanted just a, a company that makes good food. And increasingly, people recognize that. Actually, quite a few of our consumers buy tofu and eat it with meat. Oh. Right? Why not? Like, it doesn't have to be so binary. Um, it's a win. Like, if you if you cut your meat consumption 50% by adding plant-based, it's a win. So, and then eventually you don't want to eat meat anymore. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's not like black and white. It's a, it's a gradual like, Oh, wow. I, I, this tastes great. I feel better. And eventually I can become a plant-based consumer.
0: In terms of the tofu, I think for me specifically, the idea or the concept of tofu itself. Because when I first went um, vegan, before, even before I went vegan, when I thought of tofu, when I thought of eating vegan, tofu was the first thing in my mind. And what I saw in my <laughs> head were those block, the blocks. Right. And that was my first um, experience with tofu. Introduction. My, my intro, There you go. My first introduction with tofu. Can you speak a little bit into that being people's perception, but the reality being that you can make so many different things out of it. Like, is that something that you kind of oh, yeah. had in the back of your mind? Yeah, I, I
3: think I think we've learned over the years um, that there's a, when I first started out, there were a lot of misconceptions about tofu, right? Not just about textures, Uh, being bland, being weird texture, and all of that. I think people, there was a, just like today, there's a lot of misinformation about plant-based, right? Mm -hmm. So we took it upon ourselves to really be the educator, be a fair, transparent educator. And we start by saying to people, you know, to Alba's point, this is a product exactly like what's been consumed for thousands of years. It's a very clean, pure product. Why did it exist? It's for people who want to eat a high protein, nutritious, non-meat protein. And the soybeans happens to have the highest percentage of protein amongst plants. It's, It's a legume. And it's a legume just like a lot of beans right? And how somebody discovered tofu, it's really an accident. Somebody was cooking a pot of beans, just like anyone else cook a pot of beans anywhere in the world. You slow cook that thing. You want that protein to be broken out so that you can eat it and you can absorb that nutrient. Well, somebody just had a pot of soybean that they're cooking and they decided to flavor it with vinegar and soy sauce and it curdled into a curd and that's the origin of tofu, bean curd, right? So so that's like a few thousand years ago and today it remains the cheapest, the most nutritious plant-based protein on the planet. Mm -hmm. Now in the west all the the notion of phytoestrogen right you know phytoestrogen exists in a lot of plants not just soybeans at different level phytoestrogen you know when it was really discovered people thought oh it really is like human produced estrogen but it isn't it's totally different
2: or animal estrogen
3: yes all the misconception about you know phytoestrogen and estrogen in general with soy, that's been debunked like so long ago. When we first started the business, there was there were conversation about it. But today, like if you look up tofu or soybean and health, it's like like ninety nine percent of it. It's all good stuff. And all that stuff, it's actually a lot of studies that's done more recently. I mean, If you, if you go back last year, there was a piece in Men's Health magazine, which is a really great piece talking about our tofu. And it basically said, we're sorry we've been publishing really misinformed information about tofu. Tofu is delicious, especially hodo tofu, and tofu is really good for you. This is in the fall of 2019.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So, I mean, If you go online to our website, there's so much information on it. And you know, for us, it's it's a conversation that um, I used to have more to educate people, but I feel like, you know, the folks that eat plant-based food today, um, they don't have that concern anymore. I think the concern now has switched a little bit more to how processed is this? Mm. Right? You know, like is the plant-based food I'm eating highly processed? Or is it a cleaner plant-based food? That's what I see more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also see more people eating our food, um, you know, whether it's the nuggets or the Moroccan cubes, because they flip over to the ingredient list and they're like, whoa, this is very clean. You know, 10, 12 ingredients, everything I understand, and it's tasty, it's clean, it's convenient. So for us, I think we're striking the right tone, which is keep doing what we're doing and, um, you know, open to educating people. Um, and, and I think we'll be good.
0: And what's your, what's your favorite way to have, have your, to prepare your tofu?
3: Oh man, like it's different all the time. <laughs> like there are days, there are days when I just want, like, I take out braised tofu and I just slice it thin for a stir fry. And then there are days when I just, open the curry nuggets and eat it straight out of the back because I'm so hungry, you know? And then for me, like my favorite these days are the cubes Mm. because what I do, you know, even though in the back of the package, they're like, you know, throw it on a pan for about five minutes. I do it for seven minutes. I want it to be crispy. You know, it's like crispy and chewy and all that Mediterranean flavor comes out. You know, the, the barbecue flavor comes out. And that crumble, I've used it for tacos sometimes, you know, I just basically make that crumble and eat it like a round meat. So, um, you know, I'll just throw some tomato sauce on top, eat it with pasta. So it's just so versatile for me. So it's different all the time.
0: Nice. And and and, I guess, yeah. and in closing, do you have anything that you want to tell people that maybe we haven't covered or maybe you want to reiterate um, about Hodo Foods and tofu in general?
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think whether you're a meat eater or a vegan or plant based or somewhere in between, um, we care about taste. We want you to try our stuff because I think it's going to blow your mind how delicious it is, just like you guys. Like, you know, you come in with a perception of tofu and you walk out going like, this is not just tofu. It's just delicious. Right. So so we want people to try that. Um, Uh And then we want people to see how convenient to your point, Alba, open the bag, eat it. So we always want to strike the tone of like we want to make something not just healthy, but nutritious, tasty, you know, easy and if you go on the plant-based at, at Publix, give it a try, you know, in other places that we've been around, you know, more than 50% of our consumer taste our stuff and come back to get it. So, you know, we're very sticky. Like if you try it, it's going to be hard for you to switch or anything else because nobody makes what we make. For 15 years, you know, nobody can make what we make. So. If you like our stuff, you're stuck with us, and we're happy about it.
0: <laughs> so definitely, if you are looking to pick up Hodo, I know down here in South Florida, Publix is probably your best bet because there's just so mm-hmm. many of them. And you know, he meant like Whole Foods, Target. It's going to be really hard for you not to be able to find it. Um, and Alba, anything you want to say in closing?
2: Yes. Please, I will sign up as official taster of Hodo Foods down here in South Florida. I will sacrifice my figure for the vegan cause. So give me a call. I will be there. Just tell me when and where.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. When we, We're we gonna sign you guys up when we develop new products uh, and, and ship it for you guys to try. And uh, I'm really, you know, I was gonna go and hang out with y'all, but Um, You know, we can travel, but one of these days, I want to go down, meet you guys, maybe do some demos for your customers, for your audience, uh, do some collabs with you guys. Um, I think you guys are doing great service for your community. So thank you for having me on.
0: Today's episode was produced and edited by Sean Russell. Alba Mendes Chong is our media coordinator. Go to soflowveganscom slash podcast to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio and other places where podcasts are found. Goodbye.